The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed is going ahead, to, uh, ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. This is the night where, when all believe in Christ, are delivered from the gloom of sin and are restored to grace and holiness of life. This is the night when Christ broke the bonds of death and hell and rose victorious from the grave. Please be seated. Well, this is the night, and quite a night indeed. We witnessed our first glimpse of God's holy love and the gift of creation. And again, when Moses joined forces with God to ensure the Israelites from being captured by the Egyptians. A drama so astonishing as to become a Hollywood sensation. And thus we imagine Moses in antique robe, arms spread wide and high to God's command. Lift high your staff and stretch your hand over the sea as the Israelites plunge forward into the miraculously dry waters. How glorious was God's redeeming, how joyful was our singing, the gladness of the Lord's triumph. And oh, how splendid was Ezekiel's reminder to all eternity. God raises us up from our graves that we might live. God gives us this night a new heart and a new spirit that we may indeed be God's people and God shall be our God. Dear people of God, this is the night of remembrance when our ordinary lives are entwined in the world's sacred history. It is also a night in which to take stock of who we are and how we are to live as Christ's beloved. That seems quite the challenge these days, given our 
history in the making. These times are foreboding. And I don't really think it's necessary to detail the world's tragedies. We are well acquainted. Seldom has there been a time in history without war and famine, disease and poverty, prejudice and hatred. Surely we agree, attention is required. That said, it's scary to get too involved, isn't it? Much easier to hide in our own spaces and keep a stiff upper lip, say a prayer and hope we weather the storm if, if trouble comes along. We even tend to dismiss good news as something contrived or even false. And hope has become a mere sentiment, a favorable, favorable outcome to one's personal wish list. Friends, the world is troubled, and so are we. Along our way, we too have made mistakes, wished we had done things differently, perhaps recognizing we have not forgiven others, or asked for forgiven our, forgive, to be forgiven ourselves. Case in point, this past week, Bishop Diane suggested by newsletter that we address our responsibility, personally and corporately, concerning this nation's historical wrongdoing in maintaining our legacy of slavery. As a spiritual leader recently expressed, we don't know what to deal with truth beyond our own comfort zone. So, how's that for a rotten bunch of eggs in tomorrow's Easter basket? <laughs> Perhaps more appropriately, we might ask, Jobs, uh, ask Job's uh, famous question, where then is our hope? Hope, my friends, is here, now, right tonight. You were present this very night when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary stumbled their way to the tomb, desolate in grief, and when suddenly the earth trembled and an angel appeared from heaven. You, all of you, were there. You saw the guards' fate. You saw the angel roll back the stone and you heard that same angel speak directly to those women. Do not be afraid. Jesus is not here. He has been raised from the dead. Hurry, go to Galilee, and don't forget to tell those disciples. They'll think you're insane. They'll roll their eyes at the women, but you insist, girls, they must come as well. In shock, the women cried. How can this be? But, but then they laughed. Surely it's real. Jesus has come and is standing right before us. 
saying, greetings. And the women stood in shock. Denial had seemed logical, but now suddenly Jesus stood before them and of course they had to believe. Joyfully they wept and joyfully they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. The rest is history, still evolving. We were reminded so as we renewed our baptismal vows, remembering the touch of the Holy Spirit, assuring us you are marked as Christ's own forever. And tonight is the night that we claim certainty and truth. And out of death and despair, there is resurrection. Out of em emptiness, there is fullness. Out of fear, possibility blooms. <coughs> Could it get any better than this? Yes. God wants our partnership. While details can wait, commitment and action are urgent. It's time to get busy and to realize we likely won't see the end of the story, at least this side of eternity. We simply need to say yes to God and then get change going. Success is not promised. In fact, rejection and disappointment are likely. Think of the first humans, Adam and Eve, when God was the first to encounter failure. But God had muscle, and God gave us muscle. We need to use it. An example, one March day, long time ago, after the first humans messed things up a bit, God sought to produce a new creation. He had met a fine couple who had been unable to bear a child, and so God helped them have a baby girl. And the parents named her Mary. And God saw that she was good. When the time seemed right, God met with the angel Gabriel, discussed a plan, and one early March day, Gabriel visited Mary, no longer the baby, but now a teenager, who, by the way, was not wearing a blue dress and likely never did wear blue until the statues were in vogue. The Lord be with you, Gabrielle greeted Mary, who properly responded, let it be to me according to your word. Gabrielle immediately detected her spirit of obedience and courage, a favored one for sure, who God would appreciate. So the angel Gabriel explained God's call to her and Mary's response was, quite immediate, asking only that her fiancé be respected and that she, then she said to him, let it be to me according to your word. 
Mary lived her yes. And her husband, Joseph, remained by her side. We, of course, remember how the baby Jesus was born in a manger nine months after that day in March, the 25th, in fact, that day when the world changed. Mary never realized the full impact of her yes, but she lived it. She knew the ecstasy of sharing God's love with the world, and she braved the agony of her son's death on the cross. However, Mary could not know how her ordinary life would transform the world. Very much as none of us have assurance that our lives might count for something larger than being ordinary. There is, however, something we do know in advance. Each one of us has been made responsible for some tiny part of God's world a space, perhaps, for harmony and love, where Jesus comes to dwell with you. If we attend to that, there's a good chance for the impossible to become possible and for hope to indeed prevail. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.